Joshua 1, verse 1 to 9. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not, fall, I will not fall, fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land, which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Thank you, Conrad. If you've got your Bibles, please turn to Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 to 9 this morning. And it's our last session looking at how Moses led the people from Egypt to their promised land. Um, in life, though, as we go on through life, I don't know about you, but we go around picking up things that can waste. And we pick up burdens. We pick up baggage. This morning, we were praying uh, before um, the service started this morning, and, and people were sharing their, their burdens that they're carrying today. And it's so easy, and each and every one of us carries different burdens in our lives, one way or another. For example, there are burdens that I'm probably carrying from when I was a kid. There's an expression in England, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. What a load of rubbish. <laughs> We're just teaching kids lies. Words do hurt. Yep, sticks and stones hurt, but... I think words hurt even harder. They, they go deep. Where my bones may heal, words can stick with us for all of our lives. And people say mean things to us and we believe them. And it's like this. It's like a burden. You carry it. You start carrying it around with you for the rest of your life. Something that a child says in the playground sticks with us. You know, Oh, you're so useless at sports. Oh, and then you believe it for the rest of your life. Kids are mean. Words have power. And so you carry it around with you. Burden. You've got a burden. And there are other things as well. If it's just one, it's not too bad, right? But we carry several burdens and we never deal with them in our lives. And quite honestly, a lot of us, they're probably subconscious. We don't even, we're not even aware that we're carrying them in our lives. Perhaps we go to work 
and our boss. Not here, because the boss here is pretty cool, right? Uh, yeah, okay. But we may go to work, and the, work, the boss might be a, a bit mean, a bit hard to work with, right? And that's a burden. You've got to wake up in the morning, and you've got to, oh, man, I've got to go to work today. And it's like, it's like another burden. You've got to just carry it around with you, right? Uh, or you might be a boss. And you're worrying that you've got to pay for your staff. You want to pay for the wages. You've got to look after the, the, they've got families. And so you're worrying about that. And, you know, work can, can be a bit of a burden that we're kind of carrying around with us. Or, I don't know about you, but I read the news. And I, I try not to read the news before bed now, because I just think it weighs so heavy on my, on my heart. There's so many issues. Ukraine. It's just still going. So many people are just going through so much hurt. The situation in Israel and Gaza, my wife pray every night. So many people, the hostages. I don't know about you, but it weighs heavy in my heart. These little children and, and anybody suffering. We should be praying, but it's a burden. It's a burden I, I seem to carry every day. Or there's other things. I don't... The, Climate, looking after the climate. That could be a burden for you. Eating processed food for me is a huge one. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm determined to have my own vegetable garden to be self-sufficient, right? For me, that's a big one. And so world issues are a bit of a burden that we can't read about. Oh, oh wait, wait a minute. That's work. That's the third one, third, three. We've got three burdens now. Or we could have just the day-to-day -day stresses of life. Bills, you know, kids, they're a, wait, wait a minute, they're a burden. You know, sometimes the stress is kids, my goodness, all the issues that they kind of bring with them. And the next thing we know, we're kind of carrying all these burdens around with us and they kind of can wear us down. Just even labels that people give us through life, you know. Oh yeah, you're so, you're so ugly, you're so boring. And you think, oh man, I'm just carrying another, another thing. Or perhaps we feel that God has disappointed us somehow. We've prayed and God's not answered our prayers and you feel let down in your Christian journey. It wasn't what you expected. And the next thing you know, you're doing this. So you've got to get up for the nine o'clock service. You know, what's that about? Carrying, there's another burden. I feel sorry for young people these days. Social media, the telephones, screens. How many Hours do they spend on there? And I think social media can have these, these burdens for children. Peer pressure, expectations of what they should wear and how they should look and what they should be saying and what they should be doing. I've just deleted all my social media accounts and I save about two hours a day. My, my phone tells me, that's great. I can put them two hours to something better. And I think... There's a pressure for young people today to conform in certain ways. There's another burden. Next thing we know, we've got all of these burdens, and I'm sure there's, met, there's many, many others that we might be carrying. All of a sudden, we're walking around life with all of these burdens and expectations and false realizations, and they can weigh us down. You see, as Christians, we're never meant to be carrying these burdens. And unless we deal with them or unless we are aware of them or unless we process them, it's going to weigh you down to the point where, hey, you might even snap. 
See, I've had enough of this. Someone stop the world, I want to get off. So we have to, as Christians, deal with these burdens in our lives. And this morning, wait a minute, look how easy it is. Just get them off. As Christians, how do we deal with them? How do we process them? This morning, we're going to be looking at a gentleman who I think has a few burdens going on in his own life. I think this morning, Joshua was a man who carried a lot of burden. And we're going to look at how the Lord spoke into his life about dealing with these burdens that he was carrying for himself. Thank you, Conrad, for sharing. But if you've got your Bibles, let's look, Joshua 1. And as Christian said this morning, the Lord speaks to Joshua and he says to him three times, be strong and courageous. And each time he says, be strong and courageous, he gives him, he gives Joshua a life lesson. And that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. The narrator here doesn't tell us what Joshua was feeling, but I know he was a person. And I know the Lord tells him something three times in the space of three verses. He must be going through a lot of turmoil, a lot of worry, a lot of stress in his own life. What's he stressing about, you might be asking? Well, first of all, he's got to take over from Moses. Moses has been leading the people for 40 years. Have you ever taken it over from somebody who's been doing a job for that long? Someone who's been doing a job and everybody knows them and they've got a way of doing something and you have to take over. Someone in church has been doing the kids' work for 40 years and then you've got to take over that responsibility. Whatever. Joshua has to take over from Moses and it says in the end of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 10. This, this kind of sums it up a little bit for me. Joshua, um, this is Moses. Deuteronomy 34 verse 10. Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all these miraculous signs and wonders. The Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all of the officials and to his whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power, performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. Not just good deeds, awesome deeds. So Moses has to take over. My first point, PJ, is that Moses, uh, Joshua has to take over from Moses. The second thing I, I think, the second burden that he probably is carrying along with him is that he's got to take over a million, two million grumbling people. There's Mr. Grumpy. The people are known for grumbling. Israel, one of the meanings of Israel could mean literally wrestles with God. They're a wrestling, grumbling, grumpy bunch of people walking through the desert, cantankerous, all, you know, they're, they're a bit. And so Joshua has to take over from, from that responsibility. That's a lot of people to take care of. Whether they're grumbling or not, huge responsibility. And then finally, He's got to take the people into the promised land. He has a huge responsibility of, of milk and honey, flowing with milk and honey. This is a promise that hasn't just, wasn't just laid at Moses' feet. This was a promise that was laid at Abraham's feet for generations. And now's the time. They failed 40 years ago. Moses didn't get the opportunity to do it. 
Joshua, now it's your chance. Don't feel like the other generation. <gasps> Imagine that pressure. Imagine that responsibility on, Joe's, on Joe's, Joshua's shoulders. Joshua was in need of some strength and encouragement. Let me say this though. The Lord doesn't take our burdens away. Let me make that very clear. The Bible never says, I'm going to give you an easy life. Quite the opposite. But I think the Lord prepares us to deal with our burdens. You see, courage. PJ. Good, thank you. Courage is not the absence of fear. It is the will to persevere in the face of fear. How do we keep going on despite our circumstances and our fears and burdens? What burdens are we carrying today in our own lives? What things are getting us down? What things are discouraging us? Well, just keep dealing with them one by one. Keep on going. Uh, and here are three moments the Lord encourages Joshua to keep on going. The first one is this, verse six. The Lord says to Joshua, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give. The Lord is saying to Joshua, continue to be bold and courageous as you enter into my promises. AJ, thank you. So the end, God wants Joshua to be bold and courageous as he enters into the promised land. The Lord tells Joshua to be strong and courageous on the basis of his promises. The Lord tells Joshua, be strong and courageous because I have promised that you will enter into the land. The Lord promised the land of Canaan. And you see from generation to generation, since God promised that from Abraham, God has been faithful to the people and continues to be faithful. And as Ralph prayed, God is faithful today for us in our lives. The promises he gave to Abraham and the promises he gave to Joshua are still the promises that he gives to us in our lives today. You see, as humans living in a changing world, I think we accept, I think we, we find it hard to accept that God is unchanging. The world is changing all around us. And yet, God never changes. God is faithful. When we say that God is faithful, we are saying that everything he says and everything he does is certain. We're saying that he's 100% reliable, 100% of the time. He does not fail, forget, falter, or disappoint. When we say that God is faithful, we are saying he means what he, he means and, and he does what he does. He never changes. He never stops being faithful. And in a changing world, that's a great anger to have in our lives. To know that God is sure and steadfast. To know that the promises God gives us will never change. And if God is faithful, then he never changes in his character. He will continue to be loving. He will continue to be wise. 
He will continue to be sovereign. He will continue to be powerful and he continue to be good because he cannot deny himself. So when I wake up in the morning, I know that the person that I'm worshiping is the same yesterday and today and forever. As it says in the book of Hebrews. And the inspired writers of the Bible continue to remind us of this fact that when we are going through life and when we are carrying burdens and those burdens will change and come and go, that we can continue to rely on God every single day. Some verses that I think encourage me of God's faithfulness. Exodus 34, verse 6. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Deuteronomy 32, verse 4. He's the rock. His works are perfect and his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. A faithful God. Psalm 25, verse 10. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful toward those who keep the demands of his covenant. Psalm 36, verse 5. Your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. Deuteronomy 7, verse 9. Know, therefore, that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. Today, those promises he gave to the people are in Christ. For us today, those promises are in Jesus. And so let me encourage you, the promises in Christ will always stay the same. Be encouraged. Let me give you some examples. In Christ Jesus, the promises that he, we are given will never be taken away from us. Christ always offers those salvation who call upon it. If you call upon his name, he's there. Revelation says he's there like knocking on the door waiting. He will never turn you away if you want to receive Christ in your lives. There are one or two here this morning who are on the edge of committing their lives to Christ. Everybody, I want to say this, everyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. Be encouraged. Believe it. Some people say, I, I, I just, Simon, I, I wish I had your faith. Well, you can have my faith by calling on the name of Jesus Christ. That will always be the same. Jesus Christ will always use you in his service. That's a promise. He says, I will make you fishers of men. I will, you will become my disciples. That is a promise. If we commit our lives to Christ, we will be useful in the, the God's kingdom. He will use us. We will be his disciples. That's a promise. Every single one of us will have a purpose in his kingdom. You will be useful, are useful, are loved by God. That's a promise. Believe it. Never doubt it. Jesus Christ will always 
guide us. He will always be there with us. That's a promise. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Christ will always, here's another promise. The promises just keep on coming. Be encouraged. When we are facing trials and tribulations and burdens, these are the encouragements that we can have in Jesus Christ. He will give us rest and renewal. What does Jesus say in Matthew eleven twenty eight? Come to me who are weary and I will give you, I will give you rest. He says, for my, take my yoke upon you. My burden is light. Jesus Christ gives us rest and renewal. That is a promise. But you've got to seek him. Another promise. When we come to Christ, we get the Holy Spirit living in our lives. We have Christ, the Spirit of Christ living in us, in and through us. That is a promise. And if we have the Holy Spirit living in us, if we have that, the transforming presence of Jesus Christ in our lives, then, you know, we continue to grow in that. We continue to grow in the holiness of God. And I, I believe if we have Christ living in us, then the darkness cannot touch us. We can tempt us, but we can't touch us. We're more powerful than the darkness than the devil and the enemy because we have Christ in us. Believe it. Do you believe it? It's a promise. John 14, 6, Jesus says, tells us. And then John 14, 3, another promise. Jesus says, when we die, we're going to go to heaven, eternity. Promise. Such encouragement. Jesus says, I'm going to go. I'm going to go away. Now, he tells the disciples, I'm going to go away for a little bit to, my, to, to visit my father. I'm going to my father's home. I'm going to go prepare a room for you. And when I come back, I'm going to take you with me. This is heaven. This is the hope that we have. It's a promise. And nobody can ever take that away from you. So in Christ today, we have promises that can never be taken away. And we can be encouraged by all of these things. So, my first point is this, that God says to Joshua, be strong and courageous as you enter into my promises. And so my encouragement today as Christians, be strong and courageous as you continue to live the promises of Christ. My second point is this, God says to Joshua, be strong and courageous, be careful to obey all of the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn to it from the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Be strong and courageous as we continue to enter into the Word of God. You see, when we read the Word of God, when we live in the Word of God, when we read the Word of God, it transforms our lives. But not just because it feels cozy and comfortable, but it'll transform us in ways which we'll never expect. Perhaps we have to be bold and courageous because we're going to do things which will require us to be bold and courageous. We're going to do things which will change society around us. I don't know. But we need to be bold and courageous as we continue to read the Word of God and live in the Word of God. 
to obey the word of God. I love the Psalms. The Psalms are such an awesome collection of books. But straight away, Psalm 1, verse 1, starts like this. Blessed is the man and woman who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Straight away, blessed is them who loves the Bible, who continues to seek the word of God. He's like a tree planted in streams of water, which yields fruit in season and out of season. Are we submerged in the word of God? As we continue to carry burdens in our lives, God doesn't say, I'm going to take your burdens from you, but I'll tell you how to cope with them. Give you a manual to deal with them. It's called the Bible. How can we continue reading the Bible? I may have hinted at this before, but next year we want to, I want to continue reading the Bible in the air with the congregation, with you guys. And so we're looking at ways we can do it together. We can talk about it together. We can encourage one another together. But here's some tips on reading Scripture together just quickly. When we read the Bible, here's some lessons I've learned over the years that I try to put in practice in my life. Ask God to meet you in Scripture when you're reading it. Don't just read the Bible for the sake of knowledge, but ask God to meet you in Scripture when you read it. Um, Psalm 119 verse 18 says, Open my eyes that I may see your wonderful things in the law. My second um, bit of advice for reading the Bible is re read it with a repentant heart. We are sinful people. And when we come to the Bible with a repentant heart in hum humility, God is able to do miraculous things in our own lives to continue to make us more like him. Psalm 139 verse 23 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Ask God to meet you in Scripture. Come with a repentant heart. My third thing is meditate on small passages. The word meditate literally means in the Hebrew to mutter. Now, I'm not saying we go around, you know, you could read the Bible out loud. I think that's a thing. It might be a bit weird on the bus or whatever, I don't know. But that's what it means to meditate on it. I think a good thing to do these days is get somebody else to meditate on it. Listen to the Bible when you're driving in the car. Hear it out loud. Hear it audibly. I think it just saturates our souls. Meditate on the Word. My fourth bit of advice is take one verse every day through the day. Just one verse a day. Take it through with us. Meditate on that one a day. Oh, this is the thing I find. My wife's very good at this. I find it a little bit more difficult. Verse five is just to, point five, is to memorize the Bible. Just memorize chunks of the Bible. I'm not very good at that. But then we were able to recite it when we need to. Psalm 119 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that you may not sin against you. We looked at it last week. In Deuteronomy, 
about how we are to nail the word on our doorposts and to stop it on our heads. And I think just keep memorizing scripture. And then he says, be bold and courageous. The Lord says to Joshua, obey my law and all things. Do not turn from the right or to the left that you may be successful in wherever you go. I firmly believe if we continue to study the Bible and continue to meditate on it, then we will be able. What does successful mean? I'm not saying we're going to be rich. I'm not preaching prosperity here, right? But we'll be able to deal with those burdens in our lives more successfully. Knowing and obeying God's word will cause Joshua to be successful because it will first make him wise in the decisions that he's making. And my third and last point, my third and last be strong and courageous is verse nine. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Be bold and courageous as we continue to enter into the presence of God. It just basically, are you having a relationship with the Lord? Do you know him as your friend, as your savior in a personal, intimate way? The Lord tells Joshua here, do not be terrified or discouraged for the Lord your God goes with you wherever you go. The success of Joshua's leadership, the care of God's people is dependent on the guiding presence of God in his life. When the Lord goes with his people, they have all the reason in the world to keep going. Are we having that relationship with the Lord in our own lives? Or are we just a bum on a seat on a Sunday morning? You see, I see as a pastor, people who fall away from the Lord quite often. I see pastors who fall away from the Lord quite often. I saw it a lot through COVID. You know, church ministers, we're just people. Spiritual burnout happens when our inner walk with God isn't sufficient to sustain our outer work for God. For Joshua, his task was to lead the people into the promised land for us. Our promises that God has given us are, are very different. Our jobs are very different. Our responsibilities are very different to Joshua. But the principles remain. Continue living in the promises of God. Continue entering into the word of the Lord and continue entering into the relationship with God that he has there waiting for you. Jesus says this, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What burdens are you carrying this morning? Listen, the Lord isn't going to take the burdens from you. He's not, he's not going to carry them for you, but he's going to help us carry them in our own lives or deal with them or help us to shrug them off one by one. You see the, our burdens that we carry, exams, the things that the world expect of us, perhaps our future decisions. If we come to Christ and lay them with him, Jesus helps us deal with them. In fact, sometimes 
Sorry, buddy. Nearly finished. Sometimes the devil wants us to carry some of these burdens in our own lives. But Christ says that you were never meant to carry them. I want you to discard them. A yoke is another way of saying teaching. Christ is saying, take my teaching upon you. Continue to study my word. Continue to follow in my teaching. Just give them to God. But be bold and courageous in how we do that. If there's any lesson I've learned from this series, it always seems as if God wants to take his people from them burdens, from slavery, to something way better. He wants to take the people from Egypt to the promised land. Let me finish with this as we end this series. What journey is God taking you on? What burdens are we carrying that we need to give to God? What are we carrying that's weighing us down and stopping us being the people that God wants us to be? Give them to the Lord. But as Christians, we are called to be bold and courageous in all that we do. Live in the promises of Christ. Continue to live in the word of God and continue having a relationship with the Lord and you will not be disappointed. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and we thank you that even though we as people may be weighed down with so many responsibilities and burdens and, and fears and anxiety, that you are there with us and you will never let us go. You walk with us every day. You continue to encourage us. You continue to, to teach us how to deal with those things that just weigh us down in life. And I pray, Lord, Heavenly Father, like Joshua, that we too may be bold in, in, in entering into your promises. To believe them, to live them. We pray, Lord, Heavenly Father, that we may be bold in reading your word and living it out in our lives. That we may be culture changers, Lord. Now, when we read your word, it may change us so radically that everything around us may change. Our friends, our family, they too may see the awesomeness of God in our lives. I pray, Lord, Heavenly Father, that we may be bold and courageous as we continue to enter into the relationship with you, Lord, Heavenly Father. For you are alive. We do not serve a God that is dead, but a God that is alive living in us. And we pray we may continue to grow in that transforming presence of Christ in our own lives every day. Oh God, we love you so much. And we thank you for all that you do in our lives. Amen.